let's talk about digital identity, the podcast connecting identity and business. I am your host, Oscar Santolayo. Hello and thanks for joining a new episode of Let's Talk About Digital Identity. And today we are going to have an imaginary trip to India and we are going to hear about digital transformation and identity compliance, among other things. And for that, we are inviting here one guest from our partners, who is Vinay Savarkar. He is the founder and CEO of Claydroid Technologies. With over 35 years of experience, Vinay has successfully held numerous roles with increasing responsibilities. He established and managed the global practices in e-security and service management in partnership with global technology leaders. Vinay also led software development center and corporate IT groups earlier. The Oracle eBusiness Suite Release 12 was developed globally under him, as well as setting up various quality systems such as ISO 27001, ISO 20000, and CMMI Level 5 for software maturity. Vinay started his career with VLSI, very large-scale integrated circuits, research and development, and technology transfer of Motorola 68000-based workstations and servers in the initial days of his career. Vinay holds a Bachelor of Engineering from Jabalpur Engineering College and a Master of Technology from Indian Institute of Technology, Banaran Hindu University. He is also a senior member of the Institute of Electrical Electronic Engineers, the IEEE. Hello, Vinay. Hi, Oscar. It's an absolute pleasure and privilege to be with you in this podcast. Thank you. It's great having you. I'm really happy to have this conversation with you. And as always, we want to hear a bit more about the guests we talk. So please tell us a bit about yourself and your journey to this world of digital identity. Of course, very interestingly, I have had a passion for technologies from early days. So after completing my post-specialization in integrated circuits, I joined a company who was a pioneer in the semiconductor field in India. Through them, I visited Silicon Valley in mid-80s and received an exposure to the latest semiconductor technologies of the world. Interestingly, I had attended an annual event organized by a National Association of Software and Services Companies, which is a leading business group here in India. It's also known as NASCOM in 1996 in Mumbai where the industry leaders talked about the user experiences which would be enabled by internet in the time to come, such as online meetings, online seminars, video and movie streaming, online music, etc. I clearly remember one of the speakers mentioning in that seminar that a few years down the line, internet would enable annual events to be held online and there would be no need to attend such events physically. How prophetic! (laughs) I was absolutely fascinated. Today, it is unimaginable to live without those technologies. Right, Oscar? Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So in mid-90s, when the private players were allowed to open up the ISP operation, which is the internet service provider operations in India, I received a rare opportunity to set up a world-class internet data center using best-of-the-breed technologies from around the world. This was launched in 99. And in the year 2000, it was dated as number one ISP in Mumbai by an independent third-party agency, CHIP, based on various parameters, including the responsiveness and dialing experience for the users, for the subscribers, in competition to state payers who were providing internet services. For years, 
for so many earlier years, and those were established. So capitalizing on this experience of working with the latest technologies while setting up the Internet Data Center, we established a global security practice way back in 2001-2002 timeframe in partnership with global technology leaders, primarily focusing on implementing entire range of security solutions for customers around the world. Over the following years, so we successfully delivered security projects to 100 sub-customers across various continents and verticals. It is very interesting that from an era when just a firewall, a complex password, and an antivirus solution was interpreted to be a strong security measure by an organization, in the late 90s, security landscape has evolved to cover various technologies, including customer identity and access management solution, which is aimed to provide a frictionless, omnichannel experience to millions of customers while protecting digital identity of customers. So as I'm hearing, you had at least 20 years as an entrepreneur in the tech industry. Yeah, that was actually in a corporate, but I have just started capitalizing on that experience. We started Cladroid very recently, and that's something which I would like to talk about now. So I came out of the corporate world last year, in 2020, and we thought of offering the services, and we realized that this is a space where we, when we did the research, we found that there is always a space for a nimble, agile, and responsive organization to implement industry-leading security solutions cost-effectively who are committed to be with the mm-hmm. customers in every step of their digital transformation journey. Shravan Narsinghoju, who himself is an MS from Greenwich University, was working closely with me for many years earlier. He and I originally planned to set up Clatter Technologies to leverage on my earlier experience of setting up global security practice, as I just mentioned, and Shraman's delivery experience of identity and access management solutions to UK and Europe customers for over two decades, and more, spe- more specifically to Finland customers for over a decade. Based on Shraman's earlier association, it was his idea to forge a strong partnership with European customer identity and access management leader Ubi Secure to complement its top-of-the-line uh, CIM solutions to leverage our deep domain technical expertise in identity nexus management and bring value to the customers, specifically to European customers. Therefore, it was natural for us to consider setting up a local entity of Clatter Technologies in Finland as a part of our plan from day one to serve customers in Europe. Looking ahead, we are also planning to set up a local entity in the US in 2022. I'm very happy to share with you, Oscar, that as we talk, We are working on some high-end customer identity and access management solutions for various uh, prospects. We have been supported by a team of highly experienced and certified professionals committed to deliver cutting-edge, future-proof technologies. As you know, any leading technology solution today is based on either cloud or artificial intelligence or automation or combination thereof. And therefore, the company has been aptly named as uh, Cloud AI Droid so Cladroid, that mm-hmm. is how it is. I'm sure you may not be knowing this, I know, <laughs> this, this background. <laughs> yeah, 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 I think quite smart name, definitely. And yeah, as you said, now we are with a established company also in Finland, which is fantastic. We are closer also to work together. Yeah, I have a fantastic story. We haven't really spoken too much about India and in, of course India's digital identity context in earlier podcasts. Just a little bit, uh, we have actually a, an earlier guest who was... Rainer Horve, we talk about e-government, he mentions the Adhar project at some point, but otherwise not too much about India. I really want to hear about that in this conversation with you. Please yeah. give you yeah, some sure, insights. Sure, so very pleased to share that 
with an aim to provide positive impact on Indian economy, Indian government had started initiative by name Digital India about six years back. The objective was to ensure that the government services are delivered to citizens electronically with improved online infrastructure and making the country digitally empowered. Very, very happy to share with you that India is on a perfect journey of digitization. In a recent study, India emerged as the second fastest digital adopters among 17 major digital economies. Currently, India has over a billion mobile phone users, over half a billion smartphone users. With over half a billion internet users, with additional 10 million internet users getting added every month, this is a very robust platform for facilitating rapid adoption of digital services in India. Over the last few years, complete digital transformation programs have been rolled out to support capabilities across infrastructure, telecommunication, banking, energy, utilities, government, as well as entertainment sectors. As uh, you might have heard earlier, Aadhaar Identity Platform is one of the key pillars of Digital India. With over 1.2 billion Aadhaar cards, it is the largest biometric-based digital identification system in the world and a powerful catalyst of digital adoption in India. Every resident of the country is provided with a unique identity through this Aadhaar card. It aims to provide a cradle-to-grave digital identity that is unique, lifelong, online, and authenticable to every citizen. It is robust enough to eliminate duplicate or fake identities and may be used as a primary identifier to roll out several government welfare schemes and programs for effective service delivery, thereby promoting transparency and good governance. It is very interesting, Oscar, to note that there is a direct correlation between digital identity as the means of putting technology at a service of socioeconomic development of a country. Mm-hmm. Its recognition provides the basis for individuals to be entitled with rights, receive public services, or benefit from much-needed forms of social assistance without the need of any middleman, eliminating fraud, leakage, corruption, as well as documentation resulting in speedier access to the government benefits uh, by citizens. More importantly, it helps in a very efficient and transparent administration of public services as well as monitoring its progress. We have seen a very huge positive impact of digitalization uh, on Indian economy. For example, uh, in service sector, there has been almost exponential growth in e-commerce. Today, e-commerce is essential for survival. A few years back, it was good to have feature of company. As we all have witnessed during pandemic, the whole game has changed and pandemic change the requirement from good to have to must have solutions. The companies who had digital presence during pandemic have reported their business to grow substantially vis-a-vis those who had not invested in digital presence earlier and actually literally struggling for survival. A recent survey has indicated close to 70% of small firms and as many as 82% of large firms have built their own websites to reach clients. The digital transform is really transforming various sectors. For example, India's agriculture ecosystem is undergoing transformation with better access to relevant information to farmers such as soil, seeds, weather, and fertilization, etc. After a harvest, farmers now have option to use various online marketplaces for agriculture produce to transact with a larger pool of potential buyers. In manufacturing sector, for example, digitalization has helped organizations to have wider customer base and market reach. It has also helped the manufacturing sector in purchase and inventory control as well as enabled them to handle competition much more effectively. The impact on citizens during recent pandemic could be minimized to a very large extent since the government help could reach the affected population in India directly 
since majority of the financial transactions are now electronic and cashless. The banks are now competing against each other to provide seamless and frictionless user experience to their customers. As you are aware, Oscar, a legal entity identifier is being recognized mm-hmm. in the banking industry globally and helping uh, save millions of dollars in onboarding clients in KYC and anti-money laundering checks, etc., which was earlier being done manually and uh, could often be from unreliable sources. So it is being used by business-to-business payment industry as a way to verify the credentials of the recipients and senders and is being labeled as a gold standard for financial transparency now. So increased transparency within business transaction mitigates risk and reduces the likelihood of fraud. In line with the global trend, Reserve Bank of India has made legal entity identifier mandatory for transactions of rupees 50 crore, which is actually translated about $7 billion and above undertaken by clients, as in non-individuals, using Reserve Bank run centralized payment systems, that is real-time gross settlement or RTGS it's called, or National Electronic Fund Transfer, uh, it's called NEFT. And of course, as we go forward, we expect the threshold of rupees 50 crore, which is mandatory now, which will possibly come down as a requirement for LEI. So of course, yeah, with such measures, we firmly believe India is on a very exciting journey of digitalization ahead, Oscar. Yes, definitely. The way you say it and with the, with the facts you are sharing now, it's definitely, I, I completely agree, a super vibrant journey. As I know that you, Claydroid, is very focused, does different type of projects, very focused on digital transformation. So how do you see digital identity, the role of digital identity in digital transformation? Oh, Oscar, identification in digital age is very important because it converts human identity to digital data. I mean, this conversion results in digital identification by individuals as well as their authentication at various points of access and on that basis authorization for them to perform given actions or access given services. Therefore, when there is a digital identity, the associated functions of identification, authentication and authorization assume very high significance. As you know, a recent pandemic has drastically changed our way of uh, engaging with others. Practically, most of our interactions uh, with our customers and collaborations with our partners across the continents are online. A recent study suggested that last year, there were increased number of cyber attacks because I think uh, the attackers were having fun time because everybody was online. So since most of the transactions are happening online, there is an inherent need to protect digital assets and identity of people and organization through robust security measures. Identity authentication is the most important aspect in uh, ensuring security against data breaches. And therefore, identity and access management assumes very significant role uh, to keep the threats at bay, whether the organization is a larger organization or, or a small and medium business. It is the only effective tool which can monitor who has access, what data, when, and how. Only tool which confirms the identity of the person who claims who they are. Identity and access management is focused on protecting the identities of the employees and prevent credential abuses by both internal and external sources, and therefore does not focus on user experience as much as security. Customer identity and access management platform, on the other hand, generally provides high-quality, smooth, pleasant, omnichannel customer experience designed to increase customer engagement, at the same time ensuring security of credentials. Yes, you just said this. They need a balance between user experience, convenience, and security. Security is a must. Today, you, you just mentioned that due to the pandemic, we 
We are using internet more. We are communicating with others more through the internet. And of course, security is more complex. You also said earlier that in the end of 90s, beginning of 2000s, the security was, you needed a, a short checkbox. Oh, you have antivirus, firewall, <laughs> yes. these kind of things. <laughs> yes. So the firewall. You know, firewall used to be, if you have firewall, people used to feel that yes. you know, they are protected against the, the threats. And antivirus, of course, if there is something there. But, but I think I think it has evolved. So how it was, it was secured that way, but now it's, you need, I don't know how many checkboxes you would need at this point. Many are being, of course, as you said, delivered by identity access management, the security side. But another side is very important that also identity access management delivers is about regulations. So could you give us some specific examples of how identity access management helps with compliance? Yeah, it's very interesting. You know, when you talk with some industry experts or generally in the industry, they generally interchange the term you know, privacy and security. They believe that when they have deployed technologies such as encryption, firewall, or tokenization, uh, you know, etc., they believe that they have taken care of uh, privacy compliances. But actually, that is not correct. These are all good security technologies. And of course, they provide protection against uh, some threats, but they are definitely not ensuring privacy compliances. The technology which is being used in forefront of for privacy compliance is an identity and access management solution. Yes, a customer identity and access management solution provides a well-rounded way of the customer insights. Yes, it provides highly secure and seamless customer experience with consistent authentication, even at a very large scale. Yes, it provides unified view of data in different silos to help companies understand customers' activity from various access points. But I think the most important aspect is that Modern customer identity and access management solution enables the organization to comply with regulations and guidelines laid down by governments such as GDPR in uh, European Union and will help compliances with upcoming Personal Data Protection Act, which in India, apart from meeting other compliance requirements such as open banking and PSD2. The organizations are preferring to go for the modern digital identity management solutions from leading technology vendors instead of seeing multiple legacy system together and uh, modifying traditional identity and access management system because uh, that way they can focus on their core business with uh, security aspect being taken care by technology vendors, leaders, not only keep pace with the technology, but also ensure the solution keeps uh, getting updated over the years. These customer identity and access management solutions enable centralized access, review, transfer and deletion of personal identifiable information, consent collection, management and revocation which are all the privacy requirements. The customer identity assessment also gives users the options to provide preference within the application, letting them decide how an organization can use their data. They also deliver capabilities that look into regional data storage and other privacy requirements, which are required for privacy compliance. Because they have been built ground up, they take care of all the compliance requirements. So I believe you cannot substitute an identity, customer identity assessment solution with anything other, you know, with a firewall or antivirus or something for compliance. You just cannot do that. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. So different tools, different solutions for different problems. There's, of course, some overlaps, but yeah, you, you have put it very, very clearly in this sense. And talking about the compliance, and I've been chatting with you and some of your colleagues, in the recent months, we have had some workshops together, and you have mentioned at some point when we talk about privacy and compliance, you mentioned that there is a personal data protection bill in India. So we would like to hear more about that? Yeah, of course, uh, Oscar. This is a hot topic today in India. You know, this is privacy is being debated, discussed very hotly in India. 
With over half a billion internet users, India provides outstanding business opportunity to international companies, especially in e-commerce. With a view to provide protection of personal data of individuals, the Personal Data Protection Bill was discussed in the Indian Parliament. It is currently undergoing reviews and refinements before it is passed and becomes a regulation as the Personal Data Protection Act and will have to be complied by the organizations in, in India. While the discussion on personal data protection bill deserves a separate session with you, we may have it later, let me share with you some of the highlights. The regulation primarily aims to provide consumers with new privacy rights pertaining to personal data collection, which requires a user to consent to their information being collected and shared. It prohibits processing of personal data without any specific clear and lawful purpose. The sensitive personal data may only be transferred outside India for the purpose of processing only when explicit consent is given. And explicit is the keyword here. The draft bill also has a provision for establishing of data protection authority. Data localization is another important aspect being handled by personal data protection bill. While the local organizations are pitching that Indian data should not be should be owned only by exclusively by Indian citizens, there is another group of companies, the global companies who are against data local. They want to use that data for their own purposes. In the current form, the bill prohibits processing of sensitive personal data and critical personal data outside India, unless there are some specific conditions. The bill, while requiring sensitive data to remain on servers within Indian's, India's territory, at the same time permits non-sensitive data to be stored outside of the country. So just like the GDPR, very strict penalties are there, Oscar, in personal data protection bill, which is being right now discussed, debated which is up to 2% of the previous year's global turnover or 5 crore mm-hmm. rupees, which is almost about $700,000 for minor violation of the law, such as traditional data breaches, and can reach up to 4% or 15 crore rupees, which is equivalent to about $2 million, whichever is higher for a major privacy violation. So it's very serious business. A single data breach can compromise personal data of millions of users and damage the reputation of the company forever, since it is the company's responsibility to protect the data of their consumers. Uh, once the data is compromised by an organization, it is very unlikely that customer would ever do business with that organization in the future. So identity and access management assumes prominence in such scenario and is responsible for protecting the organization from such breaches. Whether it is a large organization or small to medium organization, it is the only tool for monitoring who accesses what, when, where, why, and how. It sounds like a very strong regulation, the one that is coming. So you mentioned that it's now in the parliament still. Yeah, it is in the parliament. So it has gone for review now. So there is a committee which is reviewing it. It is being refined and uh, some more amendments are taking place. And hopefully once it comes out and it, it passes through the parliament, it becomes an act and compliance will become mandatory. Right now, it is not right now. It is not an act. It is not a requirement. But we are on the way. Uh, actually, any time this can come and this will open the organizations have to take care of their compliance very seriously. Yeah, definitely. So we can say that for sure in 2022, it's going to be already in practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we are hoping. And before that, we have been ensuring that whatever education we can provide to the our customers, we are providing that information so that they take the privacy very seriously. Yeah, absolutely. So be nice for all business leaders who are listening to us at this moment. So what is the one actionable idea that they should write on their agendas today? As I just mentioned, I think digital identity is like a passport to the digital world. 
and while it is important for people government society and most important to the economy but at the core of the infrastructure is a secure digital identity mm-hmm. which is essential to the function of daily life especially during a pandemic it is reported that india may add up to over 200 billion us dollar to gross domestic product in next 3 to 4 years in the small and medium businesses cloud and security are the two top most digital technologies that small and medium businesses are considering for investment for improved customer experience improved operations or service delivery and improved finance predictability however there are challenges such as shortages of digital skills talents lack of enabling technologies lack of commitment or budget from management Uh, which have to be addressed for a success in the digital transformation of the organization i believe that for a digital transformation initiative to succeed apart from defining a vision and investing in the latest technologies the business leader should involve the relevant leadership team actively and also most importantly focus on changing the organization culture so that it is ready to adopt the transformation so it is not just the technology i think organization culture assumes equally significant role in this whole journey so so i think that is what my recommendation is for the leaders yeah perfect according i agree more vinay and thank you a lot for this very interesting conversation about claydroid and how things are in india and all the opportunities that happen there so please let us know how people can get in touch with you or learn more about what you are doing or claydroid is doing uh, yeah so we have a website www.cladder.com is is the website which is where one can connect and then i am available on the twitter with my name i have also given my mobile number on the linkedin profile shravan is there he is available in finland one can reach him and we are there of course we are there uh, to take up any discussion with whoever wants to have perfect again thanks a lot vinay for this conversation and all the best it was pleasure absolute pleasure for this you know having taking part in this podcast oscar thank you so much thank you vinay thanks for listening to this episode of let's talk about digital identity produced by ubisecure stay up to date with episode at ubisecure.com/podcast or join us on twitter at ubisecure and use the hashtag #ltadi until next time 